Thank you so much, Caitlin, for giving me that introduction. You might uh, regret it in a moment. Um, but how awesome has the service been uh, so far? You know, honestly, like, and I'm not just saying this because I know, you know, it can be said a lot. I, I feel like my, my message has already been preached. Um, like, you know, because, look, I'll get into it in a, in a bit. But before I do that, um, but that's actually awesome. I, I absolutely love that. I love what God is doing. I love seeing um, what God has given me. And then it's like through, you know, Caitlin, even Brooke, I was shocked at that one. Even Brooke, everyone that has spoken or said something today, um, God has just—I've just—I've just had this smile on my face that I couldn't get off because it's like God is speaking. All right, so I, so get excited. So today, um, and I, I, I reckon we're going to get back to those songs uh, at the end. So I, I might try and condense this. I just want to be your hype man, and I want to let's get back to that pop, that point. Uh, but before we. St- Start. Last time I did my message, I, I played a game with you, two truths, one lie, and I would love to do that again. So I will tell you three statements or three things that have happened to me or that I've been a part of, anything, and you will have to determine two of them are true about me, one of them is a lie, okay? Very, very simple. Won't call anyone out. You just got to put up your hand. All right, first one. I was once in a police car at the back of an orchard at 2 a.m. in Central California. First, first, I'm just going to move. So, yeah, I'll say that again. I was once in a police car um, at at the back of an an orchard, like an orchard farm. Um, It was at 2 a.m., roughly, and in Central California, okay? That's the first one. All right, the next one. I was once, this is not so much about me, but something I was a part of. I was once involved in a Nerf gun war and I witnessed Mark Stockwell become a completely different man. (laughs) Those of you that know me very well, maybe some of you were there. Um, That one sounds like it could be true, you know. All right. And the third statement. Um, A few years ago now, during youth, I was uh, once almost blinded by bleach in my eyes. I went down a, a slip and slide. Um, thankfully, the youth didn't go down. I was the leader. And it was meant to be, you know, just like washing detergent. But it ended up being domestic hospital-grade bleach. And so, you know, my eyes were burning. Um, hello to everyone out there. Um, and, and to finish that, I have completely forgiven Caitlin Lewis, the one who got the hospital-grade bleach that it went in my eyes and all over my clothes. So I'll say, so there's a key word there because all of those sound pretty true. So I was once almost blinded um, by Caitlin Lewis with uh, hospital-grade bleach and I have completely forgiven her. Uh, which one do you think is the lie there? <laughs> no, and the, look, I, that is a joke, a little bit. <laughs> I have forgiven her, but she will never live it down. All right? And thankfully, like, a lot of people have reminded her over the years. 
And I think actually at times you've forgotten. So we're just bringing it up again. Um, and yes, it, it is true though. I was once in a police car at the back of an orchard at 2 a.m. in California. Um, I was visiting a friend and I was doing a thing called a ride-along. Uh, maybe it's not for everyone. I, I, I couldn't see Caitlin or Brooke doing this, you know, about the things you hear in America. But, um, and so you can ride along with a police officer. He wasn't actually a police officer. He was a, um, oh, yes, but um, a different sort, like a, like a ranger. They have more jurisdiction than just the police. Um, I don't know the correct term for it. And so, yeah, we went... We, I did a 12-hour shift with him from 5 p.m. to 12 a.m. Um, if you're ever interested and you want to know more about that, because I went through quite a few interesting things that night. Um, you know, he gave me a knife and a torch, and he said, if any coyotes come, you know, or if any people attack you, do this. I'm like, I'll be safe, right? I'm, yeah. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't actually sure at one point. I was, no, it was all good. Um, but there, several things happen. If you'd like to know about that, come and come and approach me. Uh, you, you'd actually love to to hear that if you haven't if I haven't told you that. And I was once involved in a Nerf gun war. I witnessed Mark become a complete. That is true. He mentioned uh, in his message, which he did so beautifully a few weeks ago. Well done, Mark. Now that I've said that, I can say this. Completely different man. Like competitive. You know, I, I felt like he was coming after me. Like, like he wasn't, <laughs> you know, oh, well, maybe, maybe I should just stop there. But, uh, the, yeah, I, I should have had my, my, my gun and my knife. But, um, no, that's true. I, he was very competitive. And, look, I, I honestly tried to match that. Do you remember who won that? Do you remember who got the flag? Was it you? No? Must have been me then. Yeah. And the last one, that would look, it, it did happen, but the part that was a lie that I've completely forgiven Caitlin. <laughs> so that's who I am. Um, I've been a part of this church, not my whole life, but it feels like my whole life. I'm, I'm not even sure. Two, yeah. I, I, my, my thought was between like two and four or three, because like my earliest memory, I think, is me at six. So, but it's my whole life. Um, I've had the, the joy and privilege of, you know, I've been the guy at the back of the screens. Um, um, I've been able to lead youth. I've now been able to speak and preach and um, lead a life group. Um, and it's so, so much fun. Love being a part of Breakthrough. Um, it is literally the best place to be, you know. I, I've had times when I've been able to go somewhere else, and God is everywhere, God is good, God is moving, working everywhere, um, but there's just something about being in your home church where you are called, um, that is where you're meant to be, that's where you've that's where you got to be, because that's, you know, that's where God's going to take you and do things with you. Hey, and God might take you out, that's fine, that's great, um, but you, it's important for you to be where you're called, and so that's why I'm here right now. Um, and so I was honoured to speak last year at Next Gen Jan. Um, it was, you know, a massive moment, you know, for all of us that have been, uh, that have spoken now or last year. How awesome an opportunity. Um, you know, I consider it an honour to get another opportunity. Um, you don't just 
you know, they're not just trying to fill a space or a spot or time. Uh, yep, this person's been here serving for so long. You know, it's not, it's not like that at all. Um, um, so I'm just honoured for um, Pastor Peter and the church giving me this opportunity. Um, I love Pastor Peter's heart for the next generation. You know, this is, this is not just a time for him to um, have a break. Um, and it's good that he gets that. But um, he, he truly believes in the next generation. He, and he wants us to, you know, come forth and walk out in our callings and our anointings. Because when, that, when that's happening, you know, the church is moving forward. The church is getting blessed. All right, so I, I don't take that for granted. So thank you, Pastor. Um, and so I'm very excited to share. Um, I, I, as, I, as I alluded to before, I have a message that I feel like it's already been preached. And this was actually going back about six months um, when I knew that I had the opportunity to come and preach. Um, I actually, at that time, I had another message, which I was excited about, and I really wanted to, to actually share that. And I even had a really great song that would go along with it. And I thought this would be a really cool uh, message, and I was excited for it. But the more that I pursued that, um, like, you know, myself, I, I just felt in my spirit, uh, that's not the direction to go. And, and at that same time, I felt God pulling me back to what I spoke about last year, and that we are still to go uh, deeper, we are still to go further and unpack that and understand that. And, and so that's what we're going to do today. So the title of my message is Becoming Something You're Not, Part 2. Um, I'll just do a real quick uh, recap. That's a lovely graphic. I'll do a, just a very quick recap. So we spoke about Gideon from the Bible. Um, he was a, a judge in Israel. Uh, judges is a time when uh, <laughs> the Israelites, they, you know, they keep, turning from God and, and sinning, and there, it's, it's in this downward spiral. So that's, that's what's happening. And, and he would get this judge that would bring victory, that would bring peace, that would get them back on track, uh, looking towards God, um, and then they'd, they'd live in peace for uh, you know, 40 years or whatever it might be until that judge uh, went on. And then guess what? That would keep happening. So that was the time, and so God would send judges, more, sort of like tribal leaders, um, in the sense, and so Gideon was one of them, okay? And it's at a time where Israel is not, um, you know, because of the, the state, you know, spiritually, they're also not a mighty kingdom or army, you know, united at that point. And so what they're actually, you know, they're, they're scattered and they're hiding. Um, and that's when we get to Gideon, when an angel messenger tasks him. So he comes to him and he tasks him with overthrowing the Midianites, the enemy at the time. Uh, and he was hiding at the time, okay? So he's actually, and, he, and he was doing a thing called threshing wheat, uh, trying, to, trying to get um, food. And I don't know much about that, but it's, it's meant to be in a, you know, with wind or something. So the good stuff falls, the bad stuff goes. But he... Um, but he was doing it, I forgot what it, what it said actually, but whether it was like a cave or a wine press or a salad, yeah. So he was doing it in a place where it's not a good idea. So it would have been, you know, not pleasant. Um, but he was hiding because they needed food. Because if they did have their food, many nights would come and they would take their food. They would 
They would raid them, okay? So he's hiding and the angel comes to him, okay, while he's hiding and the angel calls him a mighty man of valour. Now, when God has, a, a, you know, a ministry or a calling or something on your life, it will always, or, you know, usually, it will be a, a vast contrast, maybe directly opposite of how you are feeling or what you see of yourself. And see, Gideon was known, um, like he was known as a coward and the angel comes to him and calls him a courageous man, a mighty man of valour, hiding, trying to thresh wheat. Um, And, you know, in that, um, even though it wasn't ideal where he was doing that, he must have also been a little bit comfortable there, you know. If, 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 If I'm tasked with something from God and I go do this, I've also got to step out of um, a comfort zone. And, and I think sometimes um, we, you know, that's something that, that we all go through. And it, it could be unpleasant, but it's what we're, we're comfortable with, what we know, what we're used to. And when you step out of that and you look back and it's like, why did I ever stay there? All right? And so, so he was tasked with doing that. And, but he described himself as the least of the least. So he, he, was the, he said he was the least of his family and his family was the least of his tribe, um, known, known as a coward. And, and I, sh- I shared that because, you know, in the Bible, God used many, like, reformed people, you know, murderers and all, all, all these things. But Gid- I feel like Gideon is someone that we can relate to because it just says that he was a coward, that he was afraid. Uh, I'm not, you know, I do not laugh at Gideon. I do not go, you coward. You know what I mean? I'm like... <laughs> I feel like Gideon all the time. Um, and, and the angel comes and God calls him, well, you know, through the angel, God calls him a mighty man of valor. So Gideon did some really cool things. And um, basically, you know, he's like, uh, are you sure, God? Uh, I can't do that. I'm just me. You know, what? <laughs> Who am I? Why should I? What, what can I do? And he even, you know, through Gideon's fleece, and you were aware of that, he, he even tested God because he's like, Okay, he's sure. So, you know, he, you know, this part would, would rain and everything else would be dry, and then he did it again. Now that would be wet, everything else would be dry. So he tested God a few times. He eventually moved on. He got over that. Um, he gathers, you know, the armies of Israel, and um, it's funny. Like, he's while he's doing all of this, it's it says it, you know, multiple times. He was still like, oh. Are you sure, God? And he was, he was scared. He was afraid. And so, you know, hat off to him like courageous man, you know what I mean? Especially when there's a very real danger of um, being raided, being attacked, and you want to eat. So I, 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 I understand. Um, and so he gathered, um, Israel, um, you know, the soldiers, and they had a number of roughly about 32,000, if I remember correctly, um, but God um, also put them through a, the men through a test because He did not. God did not want. Um, now the enemy's number was actually vastly more than thirty-two thousand. But God did not want Gideon and the Israelites to say, um, in any way or any you know capacity, that by our hand we have done this. And so God uh, put them through a, a you know. My recapping is going on. But God put them through a test and, and basically said, all the men that are afraid, get out of here. 
sends them away, does another one, and like all the men that drink a particular way, um, you go as well. And they went from 32,000 to 300 men. And so God did this to, you know, that when God puts something on your life, when he gives you a calling or he gives you um, a desire to do something for his kingdom, um, if you can do it, uh, it's not going to bring glory to God. And so it will be impossible for you. It will, it, um, it will seem like a monumental task, something of great magnitude. Um, and, so, and, so that's, and so God says, no, I'm going to do this so that this brings glory to me, and so I'm going to do it through you. And so I think we can all feel like Gideon, um, like that. And so, yep, the men go away, and then he sends them uh, to um, basically at that point, um, he then splits them up into three groups, and he gives them a strategy, okay? And then he gives them the horns and and some lamps, and they go to the enemy's camp. Oh, getting ahead of myself. (laughs) <laughs> and I love this part, actually, that it mentions before that um, Gideon was still afraid. So he's doing everything afraid at this point. But um, <laughs> courageous man, he's doing it still. And that's not um, he's out of faith, he's in fear. No, he's being courageous. Okay, he's, he's trusting God and he's doing what God has said. And, um, and, and God actually takes him to the enemy's, enemy's camp and he even says, you know, take a... Take a friend with you if you're still scared. So he took a friend with him. Um, and there's also, I've um, just come back to that in a sec. Uh, same thing with Moses. Um, you know, he, he said that he had a speech impediment. And he said that I, I, I can't speak before the Israelites. And God's like, oh, okay, I'll give you Aaron. I'm not, nothing against Aaron. We love the Aaron priestly order. Um, but then, like, if you read that story, he goes on and does such amazing things and he says such amazing things. And both in the case of Gideon and Moses, um, I said this to you yesterday, Mark, I feel like um, sometimes we can fool ourselves, but we cannot fool God. And so he goes, all right, I'll give you this person, make you feel better, and then you go off and do all these things. You, you say all these things that God puts on your heart. You do all these things that you are empowered to do that you could not have done yourself. And so God cannot be fooled. Um, and I, I sort of just, I, you know, I find that a little bit funny. Um, and so Gideon, yeah, he gets a strategy. And this is an important thing that God gave them a strategy. It wasn't now just send 300 against an overwhelming number. Um, God gave them a strategy. They sound the horns. They break the lamps. Oh, I keep missing out on things. Um, so he sent him to the enemy's camp and he listened to a dream from two soldiers, the enemy. And uh, one of the, the soldiers are talking and the soldier says, um, uh, I don't even remember what the dream was, but it was like, you know, a tree falls down and it, I'm just giving my own version. And then a branch cut off and it scratched me. And that's, that was the dream. And the other soldier's like, oh, that must mean that God is giving victory to Gideon of the Israelites. That was literally what it was like. How did that become that? But that's what happened. And so now Gideon's like, oh, yes, God's going to give me victory. And then he gives them the strategy. They go and do that. They sound the horn, break the lamps. The enemy, uh, they, they, they basically infight. They fight each other. They, they destroy each other. And then after that, the ones that are left, they flee. Uh, Gideon and their 300, they pursue them. 
And then they're also intercepted by the men that were sent away before, the rest of the Israelites. And so, and then at that point, they lived uh, in peace for, you know, 40 more years until... And so that's, that's just a sort of a truly amazing story in itself, all right? So when God has given you um, a command or a, a desire to do something, he will also give you a strategy. Uh, it will not be able to... You cannot do it in your own strength, all right? And so what has God given you to do? What is your calling? If you are one of the people that maybe know, a, you know the entirety of that or a piece of that, that's great. Keep going after that. But what about if you're someone that's like, well, um, I'm not actually entirely sure uh, what I'm meant to be here. And this is where I, you know, I really want to say get involved in a life group. Get to church. Even, even get a friend that you know that hears from the Holy Spirit. I cannot tell you how many times uh, that um, you know, someone has prophesied over me or spoken over me of my future. You know, it's something. Uh, and uh, a lot of the time also when, like, I wasn't there for that purpose, you know what I mean? We're there to glorify God. And then God speaks to me through Jay or through Caleb, um, you know, Get a, get a close friend that you know hears from God. Get, get to a life group because it is truly life-altering like, and life-changing. Um, and and it, it'll happen in church. It happens in church a lot. I feel like everyone might be a little bit different. The sort of, uh, for me personally, I've had it more in one-on-one and life group, um, but certainly it's happened in, in church. Um, and so, you, you know, it might be different for you. That's great. Um, but that's important that you're, you're at these places and that you're pursuing uh, what God has for you, okay? And because he has also given you, um, you know, talents and um, callings and anointings. And so he, he, he has things that he wants you to do, all right? And it's important that you do those things. That will be the most fulfilling thing that you could ever do in your life or here on earth, all right? You could think that you're happy and comfortable uh, not going up on stage and preaching, <laughs> okay? A warning to you, that was me once upon a time, uh, okay? So, but what God has given you, it's important for you to be a part of and to use. Um, and I love that um, in Matthew 25, 14 to 30, it's the story of the talents. I'll read this real quick. For it is like a man going on a journey, he summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. The one who had received five talents went off right away and put his money to work and gained five more. Uh, in that same way, the one who had gained two, two more. But the one who had received one talent went out and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves uh, came and settled his accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came and bought five more. Sir, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master answered, well done, good and faithful slave. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. 
Then the one who had received one talent came and said, Sir, I know, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you did not sow and gathering where you, um, you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. And I'll, I'll leave it there. But, and, and, you know, he called him an evil and lazy slave. He said, you could have at least put it in the bank, in a savings account, where to gather interest and it'll at least have the interest, all right? And so <laughs> I think sometimes it's very easy for us to be like, oh, I'm not the one with five talents. So easy for them. I'm, I might be the one with one talent. I, you know, I certainly, I think we can all to an extent feel that way. And I, definitely in my own life, um, I've, I've certainly felt uh, that way where, you know, I don't think um, I, what I used to think um, that, you know, I'm not, I haven't got any particularly uh, obvious talents that the world would say that is good or that is useful, okay? Uh, but that is, a, you know, terrible for me to, to think that. And I always thought, um, oh, well, actually, I'm really good at um, coming alongside other people, helping them with what they're doing, um, and I'm, I'm actually really good at that, and, you know, and I enjoyed it. Um, but it was interesting because I could see myself doing that, okay? A key, a key point there. I could see myself doing that, and so that was something that I could do that would not necessarily bring glory to God, okay? And so, but God has put talents and, and callings in your life that he wants you to use. He wants you to, uh, to grow, not just spiritually, you know, but to, to, to grow and produce fruit. So what he has given you, it is so important that you use, all right? And often, um, again, if someone has a different experience where you got like a whole lot downloaded, that's cool. Sometimes it might just be a piece of the puzzle. You get that. You use that, you know, and because God wants to mould you into something great that you would become something that you're not. The, the, the contrast between Gideon um, from the start and from the end of that, that's, that's crazy. That's hiding, trying to get food from the enemy to, uh, you know, running and overtaking them and getting victory and having peace for 40 years. Um, that's, that's such a, you know... A, a contrast there. Um, and so sometimes I think we can have similar stories um, like that. Because you know, I, I remember talking with Caleb, even saying, Caleb Lewis, um, talking with him, saying, you know, I, I think um, I'm here to actually help others. Like, I, I, like, I'm okay with not being in the spotlight. That's me. Um, I, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I, I don't even like to promote myself in, in any capacity. I'm sure we're all like that. Um, you know, but that was me. And, I, and I, I remember being like, whew, I'm glad I won't ever be on stage. I'm glad I won't ever be speaking to a bunch of people. You know, I remember a time when I'd, um, I'd be speaking to, you know, if it was more than two people, I'd start be, you know, who, who can relate? Who can relate? Uh, no shame in it. It's all good. Uh, I remember that time. And so, um, and particularly last year, you know, when, when I started and, and now, um, it's not something I ever foresaw uh, me in the natural, okay? And so God has um, a, good, a good path and a good story for you. 
Uh, you are going places. Use what God has given. More will be added. That, that um, slave, that was taken from him and given to the one with five, okay? What you think you lack, what you think you don't have, you know, God's already put all of it there. But if you think you don't have something, he will add it to you. Use what you have. It will be added to you. Uh, so that's, um, that's now been a very long recap. But that's okay. Well, maybe I can condense it down. Um, and so we go to, um, and now we go to our main body of scripture, which um, we'll talk about. And it, it's, it's in Luke and it's um, the story of Jesus, okay? And so just a bit of background um, before we read. Uh, we'll be reading in Luke 4, chapter 4, 17 to 20. But just some quick background. Uh, Jesus had come from the wilderness uh, for 40, for, you know, 40 days being in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. And I love what it um, says uh, in that. I won't. No need to put it up, but it says, When the devil had completed every temptation, he departed from him until a more opportune time. Um, church, be so convinced of what God has given you to say or given you to do that the devil has to go, depart from you and to find a more opportune time. And then don't let that happen as well. <laughs> Be so convinced of your calling, of your mission, of what God has for you to do, of, um, that you know, he, he must depart from him and look for a more opportune time. And so he had just come, he'd just come from that. He had already been baptised and full of the Holy Spirit. He returns to Galilee. Actually, before I, my mouth is drying up, I tell you what, I had a silly thought um, that, I won't sing too hard because I'm preaching. And, and then, like, the songs that, you know, Chris had picked, the messages that everyone had given, it's like, well, they've already preached my message. I'm, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> if I was to stop right now, you've heard my message. All right. So he returns... He returns to Galilee and he enters the synagogue. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he reads Luke 4, 17 to 20. Now let's read that. Oh, and this, I'm reading from the NET. I forgot to mention that to you, Jay. So, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and the regaining of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. All right? And so he, at that point, he, you know, he rolls up the scroll and it doesn't say it, but I like to imagine that this was a point, you know, drop the mic, Jesus dropped the scroll. He did hand it back, but he reads it, drop the scroll, um, and basically says, you know, I've, he, this is me. It's about me. I'm him. He's me. Uh, and so Jesus is announcing his ministry, that it is his time, and, uh, and, and, and the time period has begun of it is the, favor, the favorable year of the Lord or the year of Jubilee. I don't know too much about that, but that's um, 
It's like an anniversary event, I think like 50 years, in relation to um, Leviticus or a time when like slaves were released, debts, some debts were forgiven. Um, so it's, it's that sort of thing. Also quite possible, um, that, which was his custom, which it also says um, also quite possible that that was the time, the anniversary event. Doesn't say it, but just thought. Um, and so there's, there's that, and then he's also announcing it for himself spiritually. Uh, it, it, it's my time, the favourable year of the Lord has begun. And so he does that. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.2, Look, now is the acceptable time. Look, now is the day of salvation. Yes. All right? And so Jesus is the fulfilment of this prophecy. He was, you know, he was the, the first man. He came first. It was, it was, so it was prophesied back in Isaiah. So now let's read um, Isaiah 61, uh, 1 to 2. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has chosen me, he has commissioned me to encourage the poor, to help the brokenhearted, to decree the release of the captives and the freeing of prisoners, to announce the year when the Lord will show his favour, the day when our God will seek vengeance to console all who mourn. Now, he prophesied you know, sort of two days in one, one or two scriptures, but there's roughly a 2,000-year comma uh, between favourable year of the Lord and, you know, a day of vengeance, okay? So we are not in that day of vengeance. We are in that first part, that time frame of the favourable year of the Lord or the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee, whichever your um, translation might say, something different. So he he said both things, but um, we're not in that other one just yet. And Jesus himself did not come to judge judge us as he's, as he's declaring at the outset of his ministry that this is the time frame, the favourable year of the Lord. In John 12, 47 to 48, if anyone hears my words and does not obey them, I do not judge him, for I have not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not accept my words has a judge. The word I have spoken will judge him at the last day, okay? So Jesus, he said that my word will judge them at the last day, but right here and now, and for us right now, favourable favorable year of the Lord. Woo! Get excited! Because uh, that, is, that is really good. Like, trust me, that's really good. <laughs> if, you know, anyway, it's a bit hard to get excited about the other one, but, you know, woo, go God. Um, okay, so Jesus, uh, he fulfilled that prophecy, and he went on to complete his earthly ministry. So why, uh, you know, that's a great story, a good reminder. Um, why am I telling you this? What does that mean uh, for us? Well, as I've, you know, I'm, I'm going to say particular phrases multiple times. You know, I'm just going to ingrain it, okay? Um, so, well, that's because, as I've said, we are still in that time frame, the favourable year of the Lord. Now, obviously, Jesus uh, physically is not, here with us. He completed his mission. You know, he did all that, died on the cross for your sins. And if you believe in him, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then uh, he's, he's your Lord and Saviour. And so if you're doing that, then that's the part of his mission. He's done that for you, uh, the free gift. And, um, and, he's, and, he, and this is where we, we enter. So enter the Holy Spirit 
who was sent in place of Jesus. Now we read uh, in John uh, 16 verse 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am going away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay? And so now Luke 4, 17 to 20, um, that becomes our mission because Jesus is in you now. Okay? And so Jesus, it was prophesied about him. He fulfilled that and he's still fulfilling that right now through you. Okay? Through me. And so Luke 4, that becomes... Uh, that becomes our message. In Ephesians uh, 1, verse 22 to 23, uh, and it says, And God put all things under Christ's feet, and he gave him to the church as head over all things. Now the church is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Basically, that's just saying Christ, um, Christ has complete final authority over the church and over all things. And the one who has all authority has now given you authority, okay? And so you, whatever you do, wherever you go, you're not representing yourself. Um, you're representing God. You're a reflection of Jesus. Like, all right? And so that, that, is, that is for you. And so now let's, let's actually digest and understand uh, this passage, and time is really escaping. I'm going to start putting in times two my speaking. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, but you guys don't mind, do you? Um, so this, um, let's, let's go to the first part. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Uh, this, is, this is so cool. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. His divine nature is inside of you. So you are not, uh, you are not of your own. Um, ability, okay. If you're, if you're looking, and, and it's easy. I, I, as the things I've said, I understand that it's easy to look at yourself and be like, I cannot say that. I cannot be that. Uh, but God is, God is molding me, and I am becoming something that I am not. Something greater. Something, that's how He sees me, and His divine nature is inside of me. He has commissioned me with authority. He's given me a voice. And he's given you a voice. He's qualified you with gifts, uh, the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I won't, I won't go there, but 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, gifts of the Spirit, all right, desire the gifts, okay? It says desire the gifts, use the gifts. Uh, if, if you're someone that is not desiring that, uh, look, it's going to be harder for you to do the other things, okay? So go, he's qualified you with gifts, not just, you know, natural talents and, th- and things. He's given you the Holy Spirit, and he's qualified you with gifts. He has set you apart, okay? Like anoint, literally like an anointed for office, like the kings and priests of old. They would pour oil on them, yeah, anointing them for their service, okay? God has anointed you. He has set you apart because um, this is now your mission, okay? Um, so, yeah, that's, get excited about that, all right? We, 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 we got things to do, all right? And notice uh, in this scripture, it actually, um, you know, there's not, there's not a stipulation on here that says that if you're a five-fold minister, uh, you will do these things and these things apply to you, okay? Um, yeah, I'm just, just going to leave that there, all right? So don't, no one can say, that's not me, I can't do that, 
I'm not a part of this. It is, I'm speaking to you right now. If you had that thought, I, I don't think anyone did, but if you did, I'm speaking to you right now. All right. And so in this, uh, Jesus came to heal the fivefold damage that sin brings. Uh, I would ask you to guess them, but I won't. And it was in the scripture we just read. And so in that, it's, uh, we're called to the poor, to the heartbroken, to the enslaved, the blinded, the, the, the oppressed. And so this is, this is the impact of sin. This is what happens to people uh, spiritually, but then, you know, physically as well. Um, and so he came first and he did what no one else could do. And now we are all reflections of Jesus and we're doing his work throughout the earth. The church is anointed and an integral part of the restoration of the damage that sin brings. The church is what people see of Christ. And just as our bodies put our invisible will into action, so does Christ put his will into visible action through the church, all right? Like, that's just, you know, it's crazy. We, we are called to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, poor, um, a lot of the time in the Bible, it's actually referring to, like, humility. You know, those poor in spirit. God draws near to the humble. He resists the proud. You know, those who cast themselves on God's good grace, and that's, that's good and that's true. That's, that's, that's what we, we should be doing. But that's, this is referring to, um, also referring to those, you know, poor in spirit or of spiritual emptiness, you know, as well as money. As I said, like often things are spiritually first and then there's a physical manifestation of these things. So in all of these things in this scripture, there's the, there's the spiritual and the physical manifestation of that. So, uh, and I just love how, he deals with the inner. He deals with the, the spiritual. Um, and then once he does that, then those things on the physical can change, okay? And so, but it is also those poor in money. And, you know, um, those who are down and out, who need good news. You know, how it's six or seven times roughly um, where it actually says that Jesus was moved, you know, with compassion. Those who were down and out, poor of spirit. Um, and so not just spiritually, but physically, Jesus was like, oh, I'm going to change that as well. When we're, we're not, I haven't come for one, you know, and, and you'll be all good when you're in heaven. No, we're going we're gonna to change this now. There is power to change this now, okay? So, so we, we got that. It's not just, not just poverty, it's, uh, but in spirit being that they lack the connection or they don't feed the connection of knowing God the human need to know God, love God, and be loved by God. Those who are deprived of strength and vitality, the state of being strong. Um, yeah, so, and, just, and you can even just think about, like, as we discuss this and go on a little bit further, people that are in your life who, who you know, you're ministering to, you can see the outward effects of, you know, are they, there's obviously the blanket, um, covering of sin where ev everything everywhere is being affected. But you can see in people's lives like they are poor spirit or they're oppressed. And, you know, you can, you can start to strategize on how you, you minister to them and bring, and bring freedom in that. Mm -hmm. mm. So you are, this, 
you are anointed to give the good news. All right? That's good. Proclaim release to the captives. Sin makes people captive and it enslaves them. All right? Move on from that. Um, I'm having to actively... No, we're not going to talk about this. It's now 11.50. All right? So sin... Sin makes people uh, captive and it enslaves them. In, in John 8, 34, just, just very quickly, Jesus answered them, I tell you the solemn truth. Everyone who practices sin is a slave of sin. And there's nothing you can do where you'd say, oh, I won't let that affect me. I won't let that touch me. Uh, not a good thing. Uh, so, and this, this is what the captives are doing. They're, they're, they're practicing sin. Um, and so, you know, that, that comes in, they don't have spiritual freedom. Um, they're in bondage. Um, and that takes, you know, many, many forms. Uh, that could come out in, like, drugs or alcohol or, or pornography. As, as I said, everything, it's, it's phys- spiritual first, and then there's, there's physical manifestations and things that happen because of that. And, and you know, we are called... We are anointed to proclaim release to the captives, all right? It's Jesus doing it, okay? You're just there to proclaim it, and he might give you some things to do or say, okay? And oversimplifying it a little bit. Um, But Jesus is the one that will do it. But you are anointed to proclaim release to the captives, especially in this generation that, you know, there are more things holding people and tormenting people more than ever. Um, and so that is like you are vital and important and needed right now, more, you know, more than ever before. As it gets closer to that day of vengeance, uh, people are captive, okay? But you are anointed to bring freedom to the captives that they would be released from those things which would hold them captive. You know that? The regaining of sight to the blind. You know, sin blinds a person. Uh, the enemy has blinded the minds of people and they are unable to see uh, God. Where have I gotten to? No, nope, we're going to skip that as well. All right. And so those who share the gospel, you're, you're opening the eyes of the blind. And yes, as I've said, spiritual and physical. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he was also opening uh, the eyes of the blind, both physically and spiritually. And that, that same mission is for you, okay? The, the risen and the exalted one, the holy and the anointed one, he is inside of you, all right? He's qualified you with gifts. These things are not out of reach for you. Uh, you are anointed and you are called for the regaining of sight to the blind. <laughs> it's the very purpose that you... Um, that you've been anointed for. So it's, it's not us, it's Jesus in us. Um, and, you know, this can, this can appear, the things I'm saying, and, and when you, you know, dissect this, this um, passage, uh, these things can be pretty heavy. Do they, do they sound pretty heavy? Um, okay. And that's where, you know, you need to lean into your callings and the talents that he's given you and you need to use them. And an important part, 
You need to keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, everything, you know, there, there was once a time where like, I thought, no, I'll never be on here. I'll never do those things. But if me being up on here saying words to you brings glory to God, then you better believe that that is what I am going to do. Whether that is, this is the last time or I'm here every week, doesn't matter, okay? Um, I don't care if there's a thousand people who can speak better than me, um, say words that I don't know what they mean. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, if, if that's what God wants me to do, then I, I'm going to look beyond my own capability, I'm going to look to something that he's moulding me, creating me into something that I'm not. But like Gideon, how I look maybe three years ago or now to how I look 10 years from now, it will be vastly different, even in the last couple of years. Um, and that, that is for you too. What God will, he's, no, he's a respecter of faith, not of people. What he's done for me, what he's done for Pastor Peter, uh, he will do for you, okay? So keep, keep your eyes or your heart on Jesus because if you're about glorifying the, the Father and, you, and his spirit is within you, well, then these things become very, very attainable, very, very possible. You know, he, he uses the unlikely for the impossible and he uses the ordinary for the extraordinary, all right, who feels, don't put your hand up, who feels unlikely, Brooke? who feels ordinary, where's Jay, he's up, yep, no, I just like making fun of him, um, you know, I, oh, that's all of us, all of us could feel unlikely at some point at least or at the start, all of us can feel ordinary, but he, and, and that's what, what Chris's message last week was great, you know, all the things that Peter did. Um, and, but he had an amazing finish and, and, you know, he called him anyway. And so it doesn't matter how unlikely you feel, doesn't matter how ordinary you feel, you are in a prime position to be used of God for great things, far beyond what you could ever think or imagine of yourself. All right? Set, the, set free the oppressed. Uh, sin oppresses and exploits a person. There are so many levels uh, where people are oppressed, spiritual, emotional, mental and physical, uh, oppressed and stuck under the tyranny of the devil uh, to bring liberty to the oppressed, the state of being uh, free, the ones who don't have power to act. Um, you know, I, I just think about the times when the enemy wanted to keep me down and keep me oppressed because I think he knew that one day I might be on a platform saying things or one day I might be something that I'm not, you know what I mean, if I look to God. And so, you know, we have been freed from this and now uh, we are set apart and anointed to set free the oppressed. So if I'm set free, I'm going to set free the oppressed. I'm going to do it. It's, it's who I am. It's what I do. All right, to so the ones who are powerless and abused by the heartless, uh, we are sent. We are called. All right. Are, are you guys getting a picture of just how needed you are in God's restoration plan? There, you are absolutely needed. I don't know in more ways that I can say this. Or God needs you. You know, He's He's not just um, 
he, he doesn't, he's not just counting on you. He believes in you yeah. because of the one that's in you, okay? God believe. How, how cool is that that the uh, you know, heavenly father, creator of the universe, he believes in you, yeah. all right? He, he sees that you are more uh, than your past, more than your mistakes, more than the things that you've done or said or that have been said over you. Those things don't matter because they're not true. All right? So you might not be where you want to be or you may feel that you're far away from where you should be. But even right now, allow God to mould you because he can do in you what you cannot do yourself and he has a great plan and purpose for you. He's not just counting on you. As I said, he believes in you. He sees you at your fullest potential because of who resides within you. He knows full well your capabilities and your natural limitations and has chosen you anyway, because he loves you, to carry out a mission that's very dear to his heart. I said this before, everything you think you lack, he has added to you. And we read in John 14, 12 to 14, I tell you the solemn truth, the person who believes in me will perform the, the miraculous deeds that I'm doing, and he will perform greater deeds than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Church, you are anointed to uh, fulfill this, this monumental task. Are we starting to understand just the magnitude of this calling, uh, the, 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 the effect that sin has, okay, and just how important you are you know, the, the devil fears the day that um, you walk into your workplace, not just there to work, but or, or, or the shopping center or wherever it might be, that it's like someone who is anointed to bring freedom and set free the oppressed, open the eyes of the blind, release the captives, give good news to the poor. You know, if that's, if that's what you're actively pursuing and God is molding you and taking you to new levels, taking you further, uh, he's going to have to start upping his game. You know what I mean? So, but he's, he's already lost. Okay. So God will do it in you. I look forward also to the day where, like, we read about all the things that Jesus did, the miracles he performed. Uh, obviously, no one is not Jesus. and We're reflections of Jesus. And I look forward to when that's not just things that we read about in the Bible, but that is actually things that we are seeing in this place, that we are seeing in our workplaces, in the streets, wherever you are, wherever that may be. Um, and greater things we will do. Greater things we will do. All right? Um, let's be like Gideon. Uh, you might be shaking in your boots. You might be, you know, you might be scared. That's okay. Um, but just obey God and just see what God can make of you because that is something so much greater than what, what you are, what you have been. Right? And so I'd actually love, I know it's 12 o'clock, but I'd just love us to lead one of those songs again. Um, if you would like prayer, I would love to pray for you. Um, otherwise, that's fine. Um, Let's, you know, sing this song and respond in your heart. You know, rise up to the place of where God sees you. 
put aside what you think of yourself. Put aside what you may have said about yourself or someone has said about you. All right? And let God mould you. Let God change you.